because we won't judge a book by its cover. This is MuggleCast episode 252 for April 23rd, 2012. This week's episode is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast. Welcome to MuggleCast, episode 252, Andrew, Eric, Micah. That first one is me, by the way. I'm Andrew. And a new host is here. You may recognize her if you listen to some of the other podcasts we do. Maybe Game of Bones, maybe Hunger Games chat, maybe Secret Diaries chat. <laughs> Selena Wilkin, hailing from Sweden. Hello, Selena. Hi, it's good to Andrew. have you on the podcast. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Thank you. You're penetrating all the podcasts. I am. It's, it's, like it's, a, it's too much. It's like a virus. Get out of here. <laughs> Shoot. No, we wanted to have you on because uh, you'll be joining us at LeakyCon this summer, and we need an international host and a female female host, so you kill two birds with one stone. exactly. Hopefully, people will be happy that I can represent the whole world and all the women. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I'm glad uh, we keep the Sweden joke running on this show. Yeah. (laughs) Cross shows. Um, But as always, we're here to talk about Harry Potter on this podcast, and there's lots of interesting news actually going on with uh, J.K. Rowling. It was a huge week for J.K. Rowling about two weeks ago now, so we're going to talk about all the announcements that she dropped in a period of like four days. And also, J.K. Rowling is not the only Harry Potter person who uh, may be writing a new book. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Are you writing a book? No. Are you? No. Oh. Well, that narrows it. From Hypable, I'm Andrew Sims. From MuggleNet, I'm Eric Skull. From MuggleNet, I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And from Hypable, I am Selena Wilkin. So, Micah, what is in the news this week? Well, Andrew, you said it was a big week, probably about two weeks ago at this point, Mm -hmm. for J.K. Rowling. And uh, just a lot of news from her end, and we hadn't heard from her in quite a while, other than the uh, random tweets that she would uh, <laughs> post on her Twitter feed. You didn't think I was going to let that slip by. I had a, the opportunity, and I just seized it right there. Good for uh, you. So now- <laughs> I still don't follow her on Twitter, by the way, Aww. but this proves that when big news is announced, I still found out about it. <laughs> right. I didn't have to you follow her on Twitter. Her. She didn't tweet about any of this, did she? She retweeted Pottermore, I think. I think she said FYI, right? And then linked to her her website or something. It was a ridiculous tweet. She didn't use even half of the 140 characters she could have. Right. Yeah, she retweeted Pottermore. She, oh no, that was in March. Uh, she retweeted Little Brown about the new novel. Um, and she said, my new author website is now that live. That probably but got she, them. She really is boring. You think that Twitter. got them it's a true. few followers? No hashtags, nothing. I, I have to say, she's probably honestly, and somebody, if anybody could prove me wrong, please feel free to let me know, but she may be the most boring Twitter person with a, over a million followers. <laughs> Who has a million people at their command and is so boring on Twitter? <laughs> Seriously. Boring well, mixed did, with non-existent. Like, she, she has no say, presence there. She created the account to basically, you know, all the posers. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say. A couple months ago, I wrote a list of ways she could easily improve this Twitter account to make it very, you know, to make it entertaining. She didn't even retweet that or anything. 
What is right. she doing? <laughs> right. Well, no, no, I'm, no. I'm not saying she should yeah, retweet yeah, them. I'm saying she should, Read you know, d- do what I said. I got. I got to look. <laughs> I got to look that up. That list up. I'm sure it'll be great. But uh, st- stuff like you know, throwing in little tidbits about the Harry Potter books, quotes, throwing quotes about Harry Potter. Those would get uh, you know retweeted a million times. Quotes from the Harry Potter books. A little stuff like that, doing a Q&A. I mean, come on. The, the possibilities are Why endless. so It'd passionate about Twitter, though? That's what I want to know. Because clearly there are other things like Facebook, where people probably pose as her, and, and other places around the internet. Why did she pick Twitter, of everything, to kind of validate herself on? I don't know. But I don't know. Before we continue with the show, we'd like to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their great service. One audiobook to consider is The Sea of Monsters, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Book 2. This book is actually being turned into a film right now, starring Logan Lerman, and the film is due out March 26th, 2013. So that gives you plenty of time to listen to this book, where Percy Jackson finds his 7th grade school year unnervingly quiet. His biggest problem is dealing with his new friend Tyson, a 6'3", mentally challenged homeless kid who follows Percy everywhere, making it hard for Percy to have any normal friends. This, after a summer spent trying to prevent a catastrophic war among the Greek gods. So, for a free audiobook like The Sea of Monsters, visit audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast for your free audiobook. The Casual Vacancy has been announced as J.K. Rowling's next project, and uh, the book will be released on Thursday, September the 27th. And there's a brief synopsis here that was uh, actually posted on Little Brown Agency's website. Who wants to read it? So, so it's not called The Lairs of Lady Poe? <laughs> no, no, it's but not. But a bit of a better title. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Oh, oh, thanks, Selena. You're, you're, you're talking to the two guys who came up with it. <laughs> um, so here, I'll read it. Here's the, Do you want me to read? Oh, you have yeah, it? I got it. The Casual Vacancy. Um, when Barry Fairweather dies unexpectedly in his early 40s, the little town of Pagford is left in shock. Seemingly an English, English idol with cobbled market square and an ancient abbey, what lies behind the pretty facade is a town at war. Rich at war with poor, teenagers at war with their parents, wives at war with their husbands, teachers at war with their pupils. Pagford is not what it first seems. And the empty seat left by Perry on, Barry on the parish council soon becomes the catalyst for the biggest war the town has yet seen. Who will triumph in an election fraught with passion, duplicity, and expected re- revelations? Unexpected. And unexpected revelations. Blackly comic, thought-provoking, and constantly surprising, The Casual Vacancy is J.K. Rowling's first novel for adults. I'm sorry. You no, know, I think this sounds really good. I, I, I think the synopsis gets me excited for it. It sounds it sounds intelligent. It sounds witty. You know what I'm going to say, Andrew? Barry, really? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Pagford or whatever the town is called. Pagford. When I read Well, but, but Barry is actually a pretty minor character because it, it looks like he dies at the beginning, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Barry and, you know, I, maybe Joe's saying like I've moved on from Harry. Because <laughs> I'm going to kill they, off they, they both die. <laughs> Barry character. Yeah, you're right. This synopsis reminded me of the first chapter of the fourth 
book of, of Harry Potter, you know, where she's talking about the residents of Little Hangleton. Or, or that is a good point. Upper Hangleton and how they they hate each other in the bar is like full of these people who are disingenuous. That that's what this reminded me of, and so I don't know. That's what I liked about it. I guess is that it seemed kind of familiar, um, and that it would be like a whole book based on or a whole book that is kind of like the first one. I I, I leave it up to her to like surprise me and make it different, you know, because I'm sure she mm. will. Um, it's going to be a really riveting book, I think. I mean, it definitely has that J.K. Rowling feel. You know, when you just read that description, like you can tell it was written by J.K. Rowling. Or even, I don't know if you guys know this author, but he's called um, Jasper Ford. It kind of reminded me, he's a like a big author, British author. It kind of reminded me of, of one of his books, actually, which is interesting. But it just does. But at the same time, it almost sounds like a story set in the muggle world but it's kind of the same world like obviously that's not what it is but because it just it's so similar to something as you said that we could have read about little hangleton hangleton you know mm, yeah. i'm not sure that's a good thing like i'm really excited for this book but at the same time i don't know now it doesn't seem like this is going to be a series right <laughs> and that that was a question a lot of people were wondering if, if joe's next book would be the start of another series but it doesn't seem like it unless you know each book in the series, uh, somebody leaves the uh, yeah, the parish council, right? The council, and they gotta find somebody new. No, I think but, right. Um, so no series. Can right. I ask what it like as as a non English native speaker? What is a casual wait vacancy? Is it something? Well, the vacancy would be the the spot that's open left by Barry Fairweather. The casual part, I think, it, it maybe it just means this is a uh, this. This vacancy on the council is quite standard, but there's a big deal surrounding the, it. The, the vacancy is actually a big deal. Yeah, does okay. that make sense? Yeah, it like, makes it's, it's kind of, sense. Yeah, it's kind of kind of sarcastic. Like, I guess if you're in a, an elected position, you know, there you're 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 going out anyway in a couple of years. And you would think it would be pretty simple to replace the person. Yeah, but... I think it's tongue in cheek that it's casual because clearly yes. this this one guy leaving, um, you know, for that reason has caused the whole town to go up in arms. Um, mm. Overall, though, I do agree it is a pretty bland. Title. It's a very it's a very um, passive title, like yeah. casual and vacancy. It's kind of like, huh? Somebody's <laughs> you know, not like there. it's not like the very exciting um, empty space or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. She's maybe that's why the synopsis opens up with the the name of a character, so you can get some sort of uh, direct connection to this. Because honestly, the first week I had a I had serious trouble remembering the title. Mm-hmm. I kept saying the casual, the, ca- the casual, the casual what? Um. So yeah, this is uh, it. You know, I, it's I guess it's an adult book title. One of the it's very <laughs> British as well. <laughs> Well, that that should be a good thing then that that she hasn't lost her identity, um, living up there in Scotland. Um, but I, I think too that the the other thing that the other book that this reminds me of, or it sounds like to me, uh, there's a book by Stephen King, um, who's you know, he 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 and J.K. Rowling have a little bit of a uh, relationship. Uh, they they you know he's written in all of her books and stuff, and we saw them together. Um, Andrew and, and Mike in New York, uh, but his one of his books called Needful Things um, is this excellent book. He, of course, he did write a series set in this fictional town of Castle Rock, Maine, and at the very end of it, this Castle Rock, 
Castle no, Rock, ca- yeah. <laughs> Castle Rock. Which is why when you guys say that on Game of Bones, I'm like, oh my god, it's just like Stephen King. Um, so Castle Rock, anyway, this last book that he wrote set in this town, Needful Things, um, basically this guy opens up shop here and learns all the secrets that everybody in the whole town is, is hiding and uses and their prejudices against one another and uses it against them to literally destroy the town. Um, which is really cool. But uh it reminded me of that. So are you guys excited for this book? Uh, after reading the summary, you know, now we got the title, there was all this hoopla and the Harry Potter fandom. Well, uh, Andrew, you wrote that that news post that said, "Will people, will, you know, will there be midnight parties?" For it. what do you yes. think now? Do you think the casual vacancy is I still too think boring so. a title to no. no, no, I don't think that that will affect it at all. I mean, booksellers, I think, want to go get in on this excitement too. So, and one way to do that would be to have midnight release parties. Well, I'm I'm super excited because as much as sort of I agreed with you, Andrew. Like when I first heard the title, it was kind of like, oh my god, new book, and then like. Okay. <laughs> you had that moment of going, oh, casual vacancy. Um, but now, I mean, if nothing else, like however well this book does, I'm sure it's going to do amazing, but how, whatever I think of this book, it is going to mean the continuation of the, of the Potter fandom. I mean, the fact that JK Rowling is writing a new book almost no matter what now, it's here's about. Here's a question. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Here's a question. Does the Harry Potter fandom morph into something else? No, I think it'll always be. Or the do we always, fandom. will we always call it the Harry Potter fandom? Or do we call it something else? I mean, does it one day become the J.K. Rowling fandom? Well, it would have to be, right? If it's no longer about know. Harry Potter. But that's the thing, like, we're so, we're so touched by the Harry Potter books, but we have to, not, you know, we can't necessarily separate the, the Harry Potter books from J.K. Rowling, the author who wrote them. Um, so a large portion of us will be following her, you know, through everything else she writes. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. we'll expect to be, spoken to in the same way that the Harry Potter... And I'm not saying that this is Joe's fault or even anything she can control. I'm saying I think that, you know, a huge portion of us will just be watching her every move because very early on, you know, her first works got us so hooked up into her writing that now there's there's no way she can do this book without it having the attention of almost every Harry Potter fan, even though... I don't think it's going to have a, even a reference to, to Harry Potter in it, and it shouldn't. That, um, that's a great point, though, because I, I had done an interview where somebody had asked, you know, what do you think the success of this series is going to, or I shouldn't say series, this book is going to be with respect to Harry Potter. And I said, there's no way that you can come close to the success of Potter. This book is not going to do as well. You're not going to have the same readership, in my opinion. You know, you're going to lose people from Potter because this is a completely different genre that she's going into. Uh, but, you know, she may pick up some other people who are interested in this kind of a, a story, which seems to be a, a political thriller or, or a mystery of some sort. So, I think there's going to be drop off. You're you're not going to have the same base of people that are going to continue on to read her work moving forward if if it differs from that fantasy world that she's created. Yeah, and I I totally agree with that. And I think to further what Eric said, I think that people will like we will all of us will obviously follow J.K. Rowling to whatever she does, and I think many of her fans will. But I think we will always be the Harry Potter fandom. I don't think we will become the casual vacancy fandom. <laughs> um, that sounds just sounds dumb. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we will always because Harry Potter is, is what you know brought us all into this 
conglomeration of, of, you know, all this stuff that we do. And I think that, yeah, we will follow J.K. Rowling, we'll follow Harry, um, Daniel Radcliffe, but it'll always be because of Harry Potter. But, Andrew, you asked before also about you know, how the title sounded and, and if people could sort of rally behind it, but what do you think 10 years ago, 12 years ago, people thought about Harry Potter? Do you think that there was ever that thought that, yeah, that sounds like a cool thing, maybe some people could get behind, or how stupid does that title sound? Who would ever be interested in that? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the same thing you're saying about her new work as well. That's you true. Know, it yeah, doesn't have so, that you know, feeling to right. it necessarily. There has to be a, a brand built around it. Uh, I mean, but I think the problem people have with Casual Vacancy is it's not like a character title. It is It is very bland I, for now. I'm glad, I'm glad that it's bland. And ge- it's her first novel bland, for adults. <laughs> bland and generic. Uh, it, it, in a way, yet a little clever, as we were just talking about. Like, um, mm-hmm. like uh, Eric said, it's tongue in cheek. I and I I agree with that completely. So yes, I think Casual Vacancy, the brand itself, will kind of grow, and everybody will be well, like, don't, oh, "Wow, that title was actually don't so judge great. a book by its title." In this case, that title. yes, um, exactly. I I had a really quick question for you guys. I just thought of um about this book when it, when you read the description, do you get any feel for what time period this is set in at all? Like, is it present time? Is it 50 years ago? See, I... Well, they they I, talk yeah, about I war. Um, I don't know if that's just her getting creative with language. I don't really think there's actual war going on where it's like the Hunger Games and people are <laughs> right. fighting against each other. I think it's more political war. But it'd be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out because it seems like everybody is pitted against each other. And we've seen strong political undertones in her work. You know, I think about that first chapter of Half-Blood Prince when she makes reference to what a lot of people thought was President Bush at the time uh, and, you know, kind of how he's this incompetent individual. Um, I forget the exact line from that chapter, but, you know, there there's a lot throughout the series, not just that book. It's going to be interesting to see how much politics play into this because it seems like a lot. Yeah, I I don't know enough about British society to be able to deduce if this um, you know book summary sounds current because you know I don't know if there's a small so she says it's a small English town called Pagford where the parish council like everything revolves around a parish council seat like I don't know how many small towns still care about that stuff. You know, necessarily, I think, I and that might be—I do. don't mean to be offensive by that. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, that's uh, yeah, I'm sure they do, be. which is why. But I don't, I just don't know. You know, it sounds a bit like the 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 present of the Harry Potter novels again. You know, obviously to draw an obvious comparison. Um, but it's 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 a kind of present where Dudley plays on a PlayStation, and where you know it's 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 present day, but it's also dated Removed a little bit at the same time. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So the book comes out September 27th. I do think there will be midnight release parties. Uh, that you can already pre-order it on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble. I think. Uh, let me check again. I think it's, it was discounted, like Amazon usually yeah. does. It's twenty-one dollars discounted from thirty-five. September. So it's actually still c- pretty pricey. September 27th is a Thursday. Is that supposed to be like? So is it a Wednesday night release date? Oh, uh, don't do they do books normally come out that 
Oh, day of the week. I mean, I, I assume Fridays, but it's uh, th- the Thursday's the twenty seventh. I assume they're not giving us like the twenty seventh at midnight, which means the twenty eighth. They made the twenty seventh. Now, if I do recall, Harry Potter books did come out on Saturdays, correct? Yeah, Saturday, Friday into Saturday for 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 the midnight release parties. Right. Yeah. yeah, and again, they're not designing this book around no. or the release of the book around midnight release parties. I think Thursday is just fine. Thursday. So we're going to be out on Wednesday, Hump Day, school school night. <laughs> there already and, there's and less. The book, you know kids going to to do it right the the book is uh 480 pages wow so it's a sizable sizable tome that is a tome that we're working with jeez no cover yet but there's a nice picture of jk rowling on amazon and barnes and noble uh it's a relatively new photo i think taken recently for publicity for the new book and currently number two number 22 amazon bestsellers rank in the books category number 22 so that's pretty good actually Considering pre-orders started like a week ago and it's still hanging in that spot. I wish I kept an eye on that rank to see it move up and down. To answer your question, though, Eric, it says that uh, parish councils are in about 35% of England. Look at that. Well, so That's what according is it? to it's Wikipedia. Not, it's not char- parish like I think, right? It's, it's not religion? No, it, well, it's, it, is, it has a religious it's... tie. Mm-hmm. It's it's it is more obviously it is a political system, um, but it is one of the rural setups, and it is it is based on the church. But I don't think it's it's not about the church, if that makes sense. Kind of like a youth group. Only well, they have the maybe. power to raise taxes. It says, "Wow." So, okay. so it's a big war. All right, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, well, rich against poor, right? And teens Too against much parents. theorizing going on already. Yeah. So, well, quickly, we will also mention that J.K. Rowling, uh, well, before we get to that, because that leads into the next story, I just want to mention a little side story here. Dan Radcliffe said in a new interview recently that he would, he, quote, really wants to write professionally in the future. So Dan is a jack of all trades here, and I think he could be a good writer. I mean, he's he's very intelligent. If you've ever hear, heard him speak about world issues, um, uh, you know, or just speaking about what what he reads. I mean, he's a huge reader himself. Very well spoken. Very intelligent. I think he could come up with a great book. He just needs a good idea. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind you, of the main thing. Do you think he'd ever yeah, have that's... trouble publishing? No. Yeah. He has Absolutely a good name not. for it for a front cover, doesn't he? You can see it. Radcliffe. Daniel Daniel Radcliffe. Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Star of How to Succeed in Business yes. and little and movie series. Yes, that was his biggest accomplishment. Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. See, I could see him releasing a book under a pen name because he wouldn't want. I don't think he'd want the attention. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he'd try. He's constantly trying to prove that he is not pigeonholed. He's amazing. No, just is not. You know, can do more more than one thing. And so this this article that the Telegraph wrote or is it the hypable one just calls him a, j- a jack of all trades um i, yeah. I so that's yeah. <laughs> well it's true so he's he's already succeeded in proving that he can do more than harry potter but i think he would yeah. continue that so i don't think he'd write under a pen name yeah you're probably right i would read it though i'd be i would very much me too like you said he's really intelligent so um, what kind of book do you think he'd write i'd say fantasy a thriller uh, a murder mystery. A thriller. Yeah, that you could be right. Between like Equus and he, and woman something and really dark. He'd think. write fiction. Yeah, I think he'd write fiction, but I think it would be centered around adult characters, like not even adolescents, but maybe adults. So, so there was that, but also in the J.K. Rowling big news week, 
um, she relaunched jkrolling.com. And there wasn't much here. Uh, you know, it, it's a redesigned site. They took away all the nice features that people used to like over the year, years. There's no more fan site award, which is kind of a shame. Uh, the, the Harry Potter fan site award where she, uh, where she recognized MuggleNet, Leaky, HPANA, um, Veritaserum, all these. And so now it's basically a timeline. And you can scroll back to the very beginning of her life, which is kind of nice. But there's nothing else really here except the FAQ section. Right. And that is where some eagle-eyed Harry Potter fans spotted what, Micah? Well, it's interesting because I was talking to Andrew one morning, I forget, it was it was probably two weeks ago at this point, and I copied a, a, a piece of text from her site, and I sent it to Andrew, and I said, is this new? Because she had mentioned in this post that she was still working on the encyclopedia. And I forget the exact quote, I'm sure we have it somewhere, but... It was really the first confirmation we had gotten in a, in a long time, especially since Pottermore had been announced, that she still had plans on doing this encyclopedia and giving the proceeds to charity. Right. We I'm were worried so that, excited about this. Yeah, we were worried that Pottermore had replaced the encyclopedia. Right. And, and the other thing, there was, you know, concern, well, is this new? I mean, we knew she had in her mind that she was going to work on an encyclopedia. And I'll tell you why this is new. And there's no arguing with this. In June, at the Pottermore press conference, um, she, sa- she addressed this specifically. I'm going to quote it for you right now once I load it up. Well, here, do you want... <laughs> okay. said, oh, sorry, go ahead. The, the, the question was, will there ever be a printed encyclopedia? And this is what she said in June. Will there ever be a book? I don't know at the moment. The world has kind of outstripped me in the sense that back in 98, I generated a lot more material than would ever be put in the books. It was simply ridiculous that anyone, to me at the time, I thought, who would ever want to know the significance of these types of one woods? Then she goes on and on. And then she says again, will there ever be an encyclopedia? Possibly. She said, possibly. That is not a yes. That is not, I'm working on this. That is no confirmation that she is working on the book. All right. So, flash forward. Fast forward. <laughs> you're right. To last week when the site was relaunched. What about the Harry Potter encyclopedia, Joe? She said, for a long time, I've been promising an encyclopedia of Harry's world, and I've started work on this. Some of it forms the new content in Pottermore. It is likely to be a time. It, and here's the other thing. She says, it is likely to be a time-consuming job, which implies that she is on the cusp of this, not that she's been working on it for 10 years. It is likely to be a time-consuming right. job. <laughs> Future tense. But when finished, I shall donate all cho- royalties to charity. So the difference between June and this past week is that she went from possibly there's going to be an encyclopedia to I am working on this now. Yeah. She, was probably, so, she was probably doing the casual vacancy at that point, so she wasn't able to think further ahead yeah, than that. Yeah, 480 you know? pages but, is right. a lot of pages. Yeah. yeah. So there were some clear differences here, and this is news, and it got picked up everywhere, and rightfully so. And, I mean, and Harry Potter fans loved to hear this little update on the encyclopedia. And th- now there's no going back. This is the first time we've, we've heard from Joe, and it, and it says she's not going back. She has started on it now. And it's going to happen. 
every other time before, it's been possibly or way down the road. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just so, so relieved. I mean, I'm sure everybody is so relieved because when Pottermore came about, I mean, obviously I was like, yay, Pottermore, but it was, it, it just had that bitterness because I was like, well, I don't want this instead of the encyclopedia. You know, I don't want to have to go into this chapter to read about whatever I want to be able to, to, to look it up in a book, <laughs> you know, like a real right. the Harry Potter, you know, geek that I am. And this is going to be great. Like, even if, even if most of it will have been released in Pottermore, just getting it in a book by JK Rowling, you know, the whole thing of her sort of having both what she thought about it and, and actually, you know, entries on each little thing. I mean, ah, oh, even if we don't get it in 20 years, I will still be super excited, you know? I'll still be at the midnight premiere. <laughs> so when do you guys think it'll come out? I mean, it has to be within, <laughs> I would say, three years. I don't really? I don't think, I don't I don't think, think so. she's likely to, to give herself a uh, a deadline like that. We still don't know when Pottermore is going to, you know, stop releasing new content. Um, I, I think she could totally wait on it. To be honest, they, she's busy yeah. raising her her family, you know, and 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 she's going to have to promote this book, and that's going to be, you know, some time off. Three years seems fair. I mean, but then again, it's been five years since book seven, you know, and 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 nothing has happened. So it's just uh... well, then you can put it in the perspective of eight years after the final book came out, which is a long time. Yeah, but why not make it an even ten? Really? Just but- for. Just for I was going to say that sakes. you also have Pottermore that has that will bridge that gap. So you will have new information that's being released. She said as much in that quote on Pottermore. I'm wondering how much more information does she have that's going to appear in this encyclopedia that isn't going to show up on Pottermore. It, there's got to be some catch to it that people are going to want to go and buy it because otherwise, why not just go on to Pottermore and get it for free? Well, the, the being right. in print form works. Although they could also sell it in the ebook store now that they have that. Um, but uh, so, are you suggesting that? Well, I always thought that what she was doing was I thought she was replacing the encyclopedia idea with Pottermore because it's more interactive, it's more fun, and you can still disseminate new information. I thought so. Say she has a whole. I think a pile. lot of us thought that though. Well, yeah. So say she has a whole pile of stuff that is extra, that never made it into the books, she takes the most appealing stuff, the stuff we're going to care about, and infuses it in the chapters of the books where they best fit. And that's what I thought was going to happen, so no encyclopedia. Now, if she is writing this encyclopedia and wants it to benefit a charity, won't she have to withhold stuff from Pottermore to put it into the encyclopedia? Or is she going to put the... Is the stuff in the encyclopedia... Is it going to be known for the stuff that wouldn't translate somehow to an interactive flash format and instead be like something like huge lists and stuff that are uh, sprawling across, you know, the page? It would be a little difficult to get, you know, to get through that on Pottermore because it's very text-based. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that this that the encyclopedia will be really visual. You know, you'll get her sketches of the characters. You'll get her, you know, the black family tree, if she envisioned it. You'll get little pictures of mandrakes or whatever. You know, you'll have that more hand-drawn interactivity along with all the text. So maybe that's going to be... It's a good point, because she draws... She does draw a lot. Like We know that yeah. from her. And that's why it's news, though. Right, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, well, yeah, it's news because she went from, yeah, it'll possibly happen to, I'm working on yeah, this now. Absolutely. It's happening. 
She said it's happening. It's happening now. Right. She didn't say that in June. It's different. Yeah. It's a different. So more about this. Uh, more about this. J.K. Rowling new website. This timeline. It's it's pretty interesting. Um, it's so Facebook. I haven't. Well, how is it Facebook? Oh, because timeline. Well, because Facebook now it's all about the timeline. Yeah. Yeah, and you can go back to birth and stuff. Um, I've played around on here a little bit, but you can actually filter on the timeline the history of events of Harry Potter, J.K. herself, and the new book. And what I thought about, which, you know, I just had to laugh, was when you separate everything but the new book, there's only one entry in 2012, and it's this book description that we just read. But there's nothing about her tweeting incessantly, or rather, I should say, she barely... She just kept tweeting once every six months that she was still writing something for two or three years. So I, I didn't see that represented on her timeline. But uh, I just think there's more to this casual vacancy book than, you know, the info about it. She could have done a little bit more to express her own desires to write the book, you know, when I actually knew that I was moving on from Harry, kind of this date, you know, and then and then following, I secured a new publisher, this date, you know, kind of, I don't know, it's just not, I, I, I just, I want more. Yeah, there's that other piece, though, that she answers right underneath uh, about the encyclopedia. And I think we obviously have heard this from her before, where she responds to the question about writing any more Harry Potter. And her response was that she's never going to say never. Well, not only that. I mean, there's more to it than that, right? Um, I mean, I think... I don't think she's ever going to write one at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Another Harry Potter. It just seems odd. <laughs> I think she's just covering her bases just in case, but I really don't think that's a Well, she does say she has no immediate plans to write another Harry Potter novel, and she does think that she's rounded off Harry's story in the seven published books. So, if she does write right. a story... We've talked about this. If she does write a story in the Harry Potter universe, wouldn't it be about somebody else? Well, I think she's implying she would only do it from, the Harry, from Harry's perspective. I get that. Mm, well, I think that... I, I, I don't know that she could do anything else with Harry, though, because his his story was so complete. Like, I think if, if Joe was going to go back and do something in the world, she would either choose James or um, Albus Severus or, like, someone in a completely different timeline. Like, I, I would love, like, a story about, like, Godric Gryffindor or something. But I just, I just don't think she's going to do it because I think anything she does at this point is going to get compared to Harry Potter. And I think she's really aware of that. And I think maybe a bit like Daniel Radcliffe, she's eager to show that she can do other stuff. And I also just think that the pressure that would come with ha- with doing another <laughs> Potter, it would be too much. Like, well, I don't think she would do it. Re- read into it what you will. I mean, this is this is her response. She said, I've always refused to say never, in quotes, to this question, because I think it would be foolish to rule out something I might want to do in a few years' time. However, I have no immediate plans to write another Harry Potter novel, and I do think that I have rounded off Harry's story in the seven published books. So what she's saying is she doesn't want to rule something out that she might want to do in a few years' time. So that's the other thing is, I guess from that, I I inflect or I I get that she isn't burnt out from Harry completely. You know, she's, she's open to the possibility that she might want to write more Harry Potter in a few years' time. Which I really like, because up until now I've been reading that, I've not been reading, but I've just been guessing that Harry Potter, you know, really tired her out. 
Well, I think it was the deadlines. I think it was the fact that she had to meet certain deadlines all the time, book after book after book after book. Now, if she's taking a break, she can come back to it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, although it probably would be, a new series within that world. Do you think she would bring Voldemort back? <laughs> no. No. A Dumbledore. Well, if she did it, if she did it from James, if she did it from James's perspective, she could. Yeah, bring, it was like a prequel. Yeah, then she could bring both Dumbledore and Voldemort back. How cool would that be? See, I would like a prequel. Yeah, it would be so I good. I would, so. I would love a prequel. Cause, yeah, because the threat of Voldemort is so interesting. Well, some people would be, just be like, would not read it because they're like, I know how it ends. You know. <laughs> yeah, I, that's just, true. I don't know. That's true. It would be so much more interesting than a than a sequel, though. Like, I would much rather read about the Marauders than I'd read about Albus Severus and like those guys, you know? Because we don't we don't know them. We don't. I don't know. We don't have that connection to them. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, you're exactly right. Let's move on now to the final J.K. Rowling story of the big J.K. Rowling story of of J.K. Rowling's big week. What was that, Micah? We touched on it briefly, I think, and that's the fact that Pottermore has now officially opened to the public. There's no more waiting after uh, about six months after it was supposed to open in October of 2011. It uh, opened its doors to everybody uh, a couple weeks ago. So you mentioned uh, here that it opened on a Saturday, which is statistically the slowest internet traffic day. Um, yeah, it seems like they they released it on Saturday to help prevent a big surge of people hitting the site at once. You know, if they did that on a Monday or Tuesday, it would have been much worse. So, um, but you said there's no more waiting. I mean, there still is waiting. You have to, uh, you have to go through the process right, you, of registering. Well, yeah, you have to wait for an email still. They still have to send it to you. Granted, you get it within a day or two, but, or maybe even sooner than that. It could be a couple hours. Uh, but they were doing that to help, um, you know, uh, regulate the amount of people going in to the site at the same time. And I heard reports it was down the other day. Um, but it's back now. Uh, so, you know, I feel like they didn't capture the excitement that would have been that would have happened in October when it was supposed to launch. Because remember, there was this big countdown in October where Pottermore would make its grand opening. Well, they were always extremely and- vague about when in October that would happen anyway. Same with same right. with April. Like I'm looking at a the news post or J.K. Rowling's tweet from 8th of March. And she said, waiting for what was she retweeted the Pottermore Insider. And they said, click here to find out when we'll be opening to everybody. And you click there and it says, we're pleased to announce that Pottermore.com will be opening to everyone in early April 2012. They still don't list a specific date. So it's really boring and it re- it's really impossible for people to really get excited about this because but there's not one date where it's guaranteed to be open. To it's Andrew's this month, you know. Th- his point though is is the whole reason why they were generic is that if you put a specific date on it, their servers were not going to be able to it. handle all the traffic yeah. that were going to be hitting that site. But once and- it's open, people are going to flock to it. Like people will get the word that it's open and all go to it on the same day anyway. What I'm saying, all you're doing is by announcing a vague date is having people check the website and be disappointed, which you do not want more disappointed people when it comes to Pottermore. Well, well, how about this? I, I, this is why I agree with what Andrew just said, is that if you go back to the Owls are Gathering, that whole campaign which took place, I think it was in June, right, of last year, you've gone almost an entire year from announcing that this thing was going to uh, launch. That's too long. 
I mean, you you can't have that much lead time going into a project. Like, look, even with J.K. Rowling's new book, it's going to be out in September. So, you know, when you when you have almost a year worth of of lead time going into a project, you know, that you know is going to excite millions of people around the world, and then you don't deliver on it time and time again, I think it's just become, in some ways, not interesting anymore to people. Tired. Yeah, it yeah, got tired. I, I agree with you. And, and remember when the initial announcement was coming with the owls and all that, that was so exciting for Harry Super Potter cool. fans. They did a great job with that. Super it cool. felt like a, 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 like an announcement about a new book was, was, was coming up and figuring out the name of the It was before the last that. movie came out. It was, you know, right. so we were like, oh, Harry Potter's going to live. You know, yeah, exactly, but, right. I mean, I think definitely there are still people who are super excited, especially the people that didn't get in the first time. That's sort of the comments that we're always seeing. Is that oh, why are you guys using on on Pottermore? Because you are all this exclusive club that got in. <laughs> but yeah. I think I I totally agree with you because I think all of us got in. And all of us sort of had that initial excitement of yeah, we have to get our usernames and we have to be sorted and all of that. But after you do that, though, I mean. For, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, <laughs> what now? And so yeah. after all this time of waiting for something that in the end wasn't all that different, well, it's for the for the of, non, hmm. yeah, for the non-beta users now they've waited all this time to get in. For for the beta for users, we waited yeah. all this time for nothing new. I yeah. mean, that's another issue that they're probably dealing with from people who have already experienced Pottermore. It's now however many months later. And what's interesting, you know, you got to kind of captivate and bring those people back. And I think that's kind of the main problem because I'm not saying that everybody who wanted to got in in the beta part, but most of the people that really wanted to get into Pottermore got into Pottermore. You know what I mean? Like, you know, most people did. And so all of those people are going to be the ones that are going to, they're going to want to capture so they can keep coming back. And they haven't done that for the most part. I'm, I haven't been we, back. I don't remember my username. It's kind of embarrassing. I haven't either. Let, let's get to some tweets. Uh, these people are commenting. We we asked people who follow us on MuggleCast, twitter.com slash MuggleCast, what do you think about the Pottermore opening? Dana said, the awesomest thing that happened in my life. It potters my Aww, world more. That's nice. Heart. See? So not everybody thinks like us. Mia Cole said, I've still had technical difficulties on, on the site. As of now, I can only use it on my iPhone. No fun. Which I didn't. I don't even think you can use it. On yeah, iPhone, isn't it really. Flash? You can't. Yeah, it's Flash. So. Daniela says it's just so. Oh, jeez. Uh, gosh, people just. Uh, okay. Daniela says it's just so boring. <laughs> I was expecting something a lot more interesting, but it just seems like a giant waste of I time. I take offense. These at are that. from people who just got yeah. in, by the way. Steph Bourne says Pottermore has been good. Seems really well done biggest issue right now is what in the world the point of collecting stuff is i agree with this there needs to be a point it's i think the some of the stuff is going to come in play in future books right that's the impression do you think they'll have to use those items to get past some place um yeah maybe maybe Susanna says has pottermore has been spectacular but i wonder when they will open the second book i would guess i'm gonna guess October. No. Yes. October. No. Is it competing with remember that I'm gonna guess late her new summer. book is, you know, September twenty seventh. Yeah. Um I'm gonna guess late summer, like August. That'd be cool. 
Because now, now they can hopefully start moving on from the grand opening stuff and start focusing on books two and three and, and onward. Um, Angela says, Pottermore is kidding themselves so they think kids are the main users. People who grew up with Harry are the main users. Yes. I agree. Right. I know you guys this is my said point. this before, but it's so true. I'm going to find that tweet yeah. and favorite it. <laughs> I know. Cause it's, <laughs> it's like that's what they don't get. And it keeps being annoying because they haven't realized and- that we're, we all read them when we were kids, but we're all grown up now. Right. And when J.K. Rowling introduced Pottermore, she was like, this is my thank you to the fans. It's a free service to those who who supported the Harry Potter books over the years. So it's like, well, these people are, you know, at least 16 now or, <laughs> or at least 21. I mean, all of us here, none of us, I think the youngest age here is 22. And that's and that's me. I, I, it's crazy. What, what What's happening here? We can't use our real names because we have to appeal to the ten-year-olds who weren't who weren't even alive when Sorcerer's Stone was was published. Yeah. yeah. Or Philosopher's Stone. Anyway, moving on with these tweets, uh, Russ said, "I like all the new information, but besides that, it's pretty underwhelming. Slow pace, point and click died when dial-up did. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> uh, see, this guy can't share his opinion if he's still on dial-up. Uh, I can't accept that opinion. No, no, no. Just kidding. He's, Russ. Saying- he's not saying." He's saying the whole idea of point and click died when dial-up died. Oh. Not that he's on dial-up. I see. And finally, Marissa said, It was cool at first. I had fun getting sorted and all that jazz. But once I finished the first book, I barely have returned. Yeah, I'm the and same. this is why they need pets. Pottermore pets. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, I downloaded, uh, there's an app called Dream Zoo. Andrew, you'd be proud. I, I, I was taking care of my baby giraffes. Um, I need to do this. Do they have owls? They, I'll pretend it's in Pottermore. I think they do have owls. <laughs> yeah, you got to get it because they'll they'll push notify you when the two like I had zebras and they had a baby, and then you can like you can do stuff. Yeah, you'd like it. You'd like it. Wow, talk about appealing to the kids. <laughs> Dream zoo. I had a Tamagotchi when I was thirteen. <laughs> Tamagotchis were cool, um, except you know you'd walk away and then come back and find a steaming pile of dung. Well, speaking of Pottermore, we are going to discuss some uh, new material this week. That is, it's for the news. Um, we're going to talk about two aspects this week. Um, and th- this is new material found within Pottermore, written by J.K. Rowling. Uh, we're going to talk about the Hufflepuff common room. But first, ghost plots. So J.K. Rowling says, Over the 17 years that I planned to wrote the seven Harry Potter books... I generated a mass of information about the magical world that never appeared in the books. I liked knowing these things, and often, when I needed a throwaway detail, I had it ready because of the background I developed. I also found myself developing storylines for secondary characters that were super, superfluous to requirements. More of a wrench were the plots I worked out for some much more important characters that had to be sacrificed for the bigger story. All these I inwardly termed ghost plots, my private expression for all the untold stories that sometimes seem quite as real to me as the final cut. I have occasionally been in the conversation with a reader and made mention of parts of a ghost plot. Looks of consternation cross their faces as for a split second they ask themselves whether they accidentally skipped 20 pages somewhere. I apologize to anyone I might have accidentally wrong-footed in this way. The problem is literally all in my head. <laughs> Such a great writer. So, I mean, I would think we were just talking about the encyclopedia earlier. A lot of these ghost plots could actually show up yeah. in the encyclopedia. This is the stuff I'm excited for. Like this, this could be things like Hermione's sister and things like that. You know, Hermione's that existed, yeah. but they didn't. 
Well, she did. Like in the first, when when J.K. Rowling was first writing the the book, she wrote in a younger sister for Hermione that got sent to Hogwarts, and it was this whole big thing. And she just cut her, and she just didn't have a sister in the end. Yeah. Well, but she says ghost plots refer to yeah things that were real, I guess. Things that were yeah. Um, but I mean, Hermione's sister could very well end up being one. Now, why did she insert this in Chapter 4 of Sorcerer's Stone? I mean, is this suggesting that there is a ghost plot or two that happened around Chapter 4 of Sorcerer's Stone? Mm, maybe something about so. the, the Dursleys, Yeah, the maybe? Dursleys, or maybe uh, more time at the at the um, the the hut on the rock. Who knows? Um, maybe more dialogue be- between Harry and Hagrid, or maybe between Hagrid and Petunia and, and Vernon. Yeah, I mean, in the chapters to come, we're, you know, about to learn all about the Wizarding World for the first time. So I'm sure there's at least one thing that, you know, didn't make it in there. And then, uh, anything else to address about that? And then another portion we wanted to talk about was the Hufflepuff Common Room. And that, um, she writes about that during Chapter 7 in Moment 3. You can unlock this information. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and she says... <laughs> just in case you uh, want to find it yourself. When I first planned the series, I expected Harry to visit all four house common rooms during his time at Hogwarts. There came a point when I realized that there was never going to be a valid reason to enter the Hufflepuff room. <laughs> Nevertheless, it is quite as real to me as the other three, and I always knew exactly where those uh, Hufflepuffs were going when they headed off towards the kitchens after okay. lessons. Those okay. irrelevant Hufflepuffs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now Speaking I'm just like, now I'm just upset. That that's Me that's too. sand on a wound. That's sand on a wound. Um, Are you a Hufflepuff as well, Eric? I a am. Pottermore Hufflepuff. I'm a Pottermore Hufflepuff, and I <laughs> right. have to say, Joe, come on. There came a point when I realized that there was never going to be a valid reason to enter the Hufflepuff room. I know. Come on. <laughs> Uh, but i mean she had it all written out you can then advance to a page where she describes the hufflepuff common room in great details uh she says a portrait of the wooden mantelpiece we of course shows get Helga to see hufflepuff it. one of the four founders of hogwarts toasting her students with a tiny two-handled golden cup small round windows just level with the ground at the foot of the castle show a pleasant view of rippling glass and dandelion this, this and is a hobbit hole this seats. is not the common room <laughs> <laughs> Hufflepuffs to the Hobbit Hole. <laughs> I mean, this is probably one of the reasons I'm not a big fan of Pottermore because I'm like, no. why am I? Why am I collecting points for Hufflepuff? The, <laughs> Sorry, Hufflepuffs. <laughs> this stuff. Um, no, actually, the Hufflepuff common room uh, is described when you first get, you know, when you get your letter and it says, "Welcome to our house." And they, you know, she did it well in in the. I want to say the afterlife. It's Pottermore. But um, it's just funny that in the books, and I, I get this, that, you know, there really wasn't any reason for Harry. I mean, the Hufflepuffs kind of distance themselves from Harry. They're kind of, uh, I don't want to say clicky, but, you know, they keep to themselves. So they're antisocial, so they're not likely to be involved <laughs> in, in the Hobbit holes. With the exception of, well, they're, they're very, they have this internal pride, you know, like with Cedric Diggory. Um, so, yeah. No, I can see that they're they're whether it be be the be it their personality traits or just the fact that the book is written about Gryffindors that you'd more likely get Gryffindor's main rival, Slytherin, you know, the most, and then maybe Ravenclaw when it when it comes into the picture because you need smart people to defeat the 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 bad guy. So I don't know, I I get it, but it was just it was just so funny the way she worded it. Still, I was just like, oh, that's okay. Never about. Well, we all reason. got. 
information about our houses. Was there anything new that you guys can remember when you were sorted that you learned about your house or the uh, the house that the person was named after? Well, with Hufflepuff, yeah, everything was new. Um, pretty much. I mean, with the exception of Helga Hufflepuff being the founder, um, everything was new. It was really cool, actually. She, she talks about basically that they're very earthy. Um, kind of like Professor Sprout, big surprise, but, um, you know, their common room is kind of like a garden apartment. It's, it's, it's under, it's underground, but not so far underground because there are like windows at the very top, um, that shine out, you know, the daylight shines in. So I don't know. It's cool, but they're kind of like, kind of like badgers, I guess, is really what, what it all sounded like. She also actually touched at the end, at the at the end of the new information on the Hufflepuff common room, she touched on how the entrances to each house reflect the the intelligence of the students. She says the complexity or otherwise of the entrance to the common rooms might be said to give a very rough idea of the intellectual reputation of each house. Hufflepuff has an unchanging portal and requi- requires rhythmic, 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 rhythmic tapping. So wait. Pause. Wow. What does that say about the intellectual reputa- representation of each house? It's an, uncha- it's an unchanging portal. Steady. You don't want to change it because that would be confusing, right? At least Gryffindor. <laughs> the right. Hufflepuff. They can't handle Gryffindor it. is not, yeah. Gryffindor oh, is not uh, so stupid that, the, you know, their password changes at least. Yeah. Hufflepuff, eh, don't want to change the password. They, they'd be stuck out there. Th- those poor things would be stuck out there all night. If you, if you changed, if you changed wow. the portal to the Hufflepuff. Rhythmic tapping. So even if they're like having a seizure, they could probably get into their, get into their house. By, to make by... sure they don't get confused. <laughs> this is Remember so Hufflepuff's one, two, what, three, Rhythmic four, tapping? What one, is that? Let, here, here's exactly what that is. See, you got it. That's you're rhythmic real tapping. Hufflepuff. Good job. Yeah. Good, good, good job, job, Hufflepuff. Joe Welcome. Just, she's Welcome. not making it easy. I really want to be proud, but... It also says at the very bottom, several outstanding brains have emerged from Hufflepuff House over the centuries. These fine minds simply happen to be allied to outstanding qualities of patience, a strong work ethic, and constancy, all traditional hallmarks of Hufflepuff House. But who are they? Yeah, yeah, she (laughs) didn't name any of them. Well, it's really hard to have house pride, even though we really try. It's like, yes, Hufflepuff, but it's like... (laughs) <laughs> Selena, are you Hufflepuff too? Yeah, I was sort into Hufflepuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hang on one no. second because I'm sure in the welcome message, which which was very easy to be found, um, it should mention at least one more Hufflepuff. Okay, yeah, here we go. Um, now, where do you get few... your welcome letter? Where this do you have is... to click for that? Uh, it's just at the top. It says, for some reason, I'm back to the Sorting Hat has placed you in Hufflepuff. Maybe if you click the badger. Well, I like still, the, I still buy into Andrew's whole theory that it's all orchestrated to get equal amounts of people in each house. Well, it's, it's. I mean, I'd say it's definitive just because of the way that the points have been laid out. Although I really want to see JKR acknowledge that because people are still now with it opening publicly, people are still putting a lot in store by it, and I would hate to see even more people hoodwinked. You know what I'm saying? Like, have it, if it's hoodwinked. fun, have it be fun. But anyway, this is from the Hufflepuff uh, welcome letter. Um, yeah, after the first paragraph, now there are a few things you should know about Hufflepuff House. First of all, let's deal with a perennial myth about the place, which is that we are the least clever house. Wrong, in all caps. <laughs> Hufflepuff is certainly the least boastful house, but we've oh. produced just as many brilliant witches or wizards as any other. 
Want proof? Question mark. Look up Grogan Stump, one of the most popular ministers of magic of all time. He was a Hufflepuff, Stump. as were the successful ministers Artemisia Lufkin and Dugald McFowl. Then there's the world authority on magical creatures, Newt Scamander. Okay, I got. Oh, heard we of know him. him. I've heard of him. <laughs> Bridget Wenlock, the famous 13th century arithmeter who first discovered the magical properties of the number seven. That's kind of cool. And Hengist of Woodcroft, who founded the all-wizarding village of Hogsmeade, which lies very near Hogwarts School. Hufflepuffs all. Okay, look at that. The founder of Hogsmeade was a Hufflepuff. There we go. I, I bet the person who invented Butterbeer was a Hufflepuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, even after a whole night of drinking Butterbeer, they could still remember the uh, the entrance to the, to the Hufflepuff it, room. It wasn't that hard. What's it's funny? Because it hadn't changed. It is in complete contrast to what you just read, Eric. The opening, well, the, the second paragraph to uh, the Ravenclaw one. After you're welcomed by Robert Hilliard. I don't even, that sounds like a celebrity almost. I don't even know who that person is, but it starts off without wishing to boast. This is the house where the cleverest witches and wizards live. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was funny. It's a play on the that words yeah, about boasting and uh, clever. And and the um the Gryffindor one is quite small and is like a little introduction from Percy Weasley. I was it. pleased when I saw that that Gryffindor was the smallest, just because. Yeah, because we've already yeah. gotten so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I still call foul play, but maybe I'm just in denial. No, I. So on the yeah. next episode. Oh ahead. no! I had literally nothing to say. I'm sorry. Okay. So on the next episode, we will discuss. The McGonagall backstory, which is very lengthy, and um, another p- uh, n- a new whole new section written by J.K. Rowling within Pottermore. Read it yourself. Sign up for Pottermore. Read it yourself, and then we'll discuss it on episode two fifty three. One thing I'd like to, to say though is, is I I ahead. really think that Pottermore should put out a schedule of when they plan to release the rest of these books. <laughs> well, even if that? they did, even That's if they did, it would be a vague month. Oh, the month of November. You know, give us specific dates. Like, that way nobody's disappointed. Yeah. I'm sure they have a time frame in mind. They just don't want to tell people in case you're... Well, the yeah, interesting thing, didn't, it, didn't they already tell after, everybody? And then they had to change thing, it, though, obviously. That's, like, they told people, and then they had to change it by months and months and months and ended up making people really mad. So I think they'll be really sort of reluctant to do the same thing again. Yeah. They won't do that again. No way. I don't. I really don't think so. Really don't think so. Uh, I, I mean, they'll, maybe they'll give us like a month advance warning, uh, or it could come out of nowhere. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. So to wrap up the show, we have more tweets. These are about casual vacancy and the encyclopedia, two books we know J.K. Rowling is working on. Well, she's finished casual vacancy now, uh, but she's working on the encyclopedia. These are from people who follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash mugglecast. Sultana says, I'm just glad there's going to be something more than Pottermore to look forward to. Smiley face. Dana says, as long as JKR is the writer, it's amazing. Samantha says, the casual vacancy is definitely a book to watch out for. It will show more of Joe's writing skills and open chances for more readers. Do you think J.K. Rowling's audience will grow mm-hmm. with the casual vacancy? I mean, how much bigger can it get? I think it'll change slightly. Well, 
because this is for adults. Do you think that adults yeah. reading and liking this book will actually go back and give Harry a chance? If they're smart, yes. they will do. Oh, yeah. Good answer. Yeah. I agree. But there's still this stigma with Harry Potter that it's a kid's series. You know what they should do? They should re-release Harry Potter adult editions with the adult covers. They've done that before in the UK. Yeah. Um, I don't think they've done it in the US. But they should do that at the same time as the casual vacancy comes out. I think that would be a very smart That would be cool. Um, only only it would be impossible to organize because it's not the same publisher. <laughs> Oh, that's a good point. No, but they know what time it's coming out, yeah. so yeah. all they got to do is get it in the same. Is it the same month the Super Deluxe Ultra Edition of the movies is coming out? Yes, Harry Potter Wizards Collection. That too. Yeah. Is that what you were talking mm-hmm. about? I just didn't know the name of it, so I made it up. Comes out September seventh. So yeah, same same. Good oh, wow, good observation there. Uh, Chelsea says, excited about the encyclopedia. Don't have enough info about casual vacancy yet. And I want to read the back cover first. <laughs> I think that synopsis is I was going to say, I think, yeah. I go Nana for 1D. Was re- weird name, writes, I hope she finishes the encyclopedia soon, and I can't wait for casual vacancy. Anne writes, sounds like something she'd write and write well. Rosie says, very excited for both, more so for the casual vacancy. It sounds great, and I hope it will showcase her talent and versatility. Thomas says, the book seems interesting. Also, the encyclopedia was such a shocker. Now we know it's a real deal, and I couldn't be more excited. And finally, Kat says, I'm excited for the new book, but I think no matter how good it is, people are going to be disappointed simply because it's not HP. I fear the same. I disagree with I, that. I fear the same thing, actually. Really? Yeah. really? Why? Well, because I think that... I mean, obviously, we all know it's not going to be Harry Potter, but I think J.K. Rowling, that series for us can do no wrong. And I think no matter what, a lot of people will be disappointed and and we can't help that. I mean, I don't don't think I will be disappointed. I'm really excited for it, but I I definitely see what she means. Yeah, you have to go into that book for the right reasons, I think. Um, Yeah. You're obviously, so obviously not going to get a continuation of the story or any of the characters. What you're going to find, though, is those little elements of humor. You know, and especially like I was saying about, you know, when she was talking about Little Hangleton and how people relate to each other in the real world, um, that kind of stuff, I think the book will be ripe with. And, and if you're going into it looking for that kind of stuff, for the intelligence that Joe so clearly has, um, then you're going to be, then you're going to like it. Um, but you just kind of have to realize that it's not another Harry Potter book. Uh, okay, well, there you go. Um, before we go, we we want to remind everybody, and we haven't actually discussed this yet, I don't think. Maybe once, but not not much other than that. We are. Oh, yes, we did actually. What am I talking about? We are going to be at LeakyCon 2012 this upcoming summer. It is in August in Chicago. Specific dates are August 9th to the 12th in Chicago. Registration is open now. We are going to be doing a live podcast including Selena. Selena Yay! will be there with us and doing the podcast. So That's excited. why we will have her on the show in part. All the way from Sweden. I know. All the long wow, journey what a from trip. Sweden. Oh my goodness. What a trip. Selena, we can, play the, uh, we can play the Game huh? of Thrones video game. Yes. Yes. Of course. We'll do that. Who cares and, about Harry Potter? No, I'm kidding. And, and by that point, we'll have, um, you know, hopefully the casual vacancy cover out yeah. and maybe more info about it. Maybe Joe will have done an interview or two about it. So there's going to be lots of info. Uh, lots you guys, of, you guys should discussion. just give in and rename your podcast the KV Cast. 
K-Vacast. Casual Vacancy. K-Vacancy. Oh, okay. Get it? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> How about just Joe Cast? Joe Cast? Yeah. J.K. Rowling Ogle Cast. Casual Ruggle Vacancy. Ruggle Cast. Juggle Cast. Ruggle Cast? Juggle. Ooh, I like Juggle that. Cast. <laughs> Rolling Ogle Cast. Well, speaking of hmm. other podcasts, can we throw in a quick plug? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I would say the newest one is actually uh, Game of Owns with you three and two other friends. And that comes out after the release of every new Game of Thrones episode on HBO, correct? Yes. And you guys discuss each one and whatnot? Yeah. yeah. That and, is correct. Um, recently featured on iTunes, new and notable. And gosh, do I remember when MogoCast was there. So that was <laughs> super cool. And also, uh, Selena and I do a Hunger Games podcast called Hunger Games Chat. It's on uh, Hypable.com. You can also just Google it and easily find it that way or search on iTunes. Bunch of podcasts going on. We're doing lots of things. You know, even though MuggleCast is once a month or twice a month. Yeah, and there's a Doctor there's Who podcast starting as well. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, we'll have more info about the Doctor Who podcast coming up in a couple weeks. I would just say, though, not to discourage anybody, but the uh, the Game of Thrones podcast that we do called Game of Owns, it is a little bit more mature material that george rr R. martin writes about than what's in the potter series yeah. so just kind of take that into consideration uh before you listen to the show or watch the show on tv um, right uh, yeah i was gonna say the show is as well so it makes sense that the podcast is a little more yeah there's risque the language is a little bit different i would say from uh what we use on on MuggleCast. but that's not to discourage anybody but just throwing that out there before you download listen and say something about Play i can't loud. believe they cursed or i can't believe they talked about this or that or but yeah i was listening to this with my daughter thinking it would be just like MuggleCast, and oh yeah i would definitely yeah. recommend seeing the show and in, in a few episodes yes. of the show first or Maybe. reading a book or reading one of the yeah. books yeah but the fun thing about tv podcasts is that you have so much new material to discuss after every new episode yeah. so that's why game of bones is so interesting so, uh, that is it for MuggleCast episode 252. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to check out MuggleCast.com. It has everything you need to uh, get everything you could possibly want about this wonderful Harry Potter podcast that we do. On the right side of the site, in fact, you can find links to our iTunes where you can subscribe and review us. You can also follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash MuggleCast. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash MuggleCast. And follow the fan Tumblr, which is MuggleCast.Tumblr.com. Fun to look at, especially if you are a Tumblr user. And also a quick plug for the Wall of Fame. We all know and love the Wall of Fame. We need to add a new entry or two. Surely we've done some good shows since November 20th, 2010. That was the last what, one What happened added. then? <laughs> uh, that was the Deathly Hallows Part 1 review episode. Mm. Oh, we've, we've had David Yates on the show. We've had Oliver yeah. Phelps on the show. Yeah, there's got to yeah. be a... An episode or two, like you say. <laughs> I hope. So check out the Wall of Fame if you're itching for some old MuggleCast episodes. Uh, the Wall of Fame, those are our personal picks. Uh, so definitely browse through those. Those are all great ones. We highly recommend them all. From Hypable.com, I'm Andrew Sims. From MuggleNet.com, I'm Eric Skull. From GameOfOwns.com, I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And from Hypable.com, I am Selena Wilkin. We'll see everybody next time for episode 253. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.